welcome to the Friendly Aussie Podcast. Welcome to the Friendly Aussie Podcast. Wow, that was an that interesting, was unique yeah. intro. Thanks, Yosef. Yep, thanks, Mitch. Uh, today, we are here with Mr. Winky. Hello there, guys. Hey, Winky. How's it going? I'm good, thanks. How is everyone? Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. How are you doing, audience? Yeah, we're good. Oh, you're the audience. Are you <laughs> yeah, listening? I listen to our podcast sometimes. Uh, same, actually. I was listening in. in well, the you car edit. The other you have day. to. <laughs> uh, true. Like I shouldn't have to listen to it after I've edited. But it's good too. Apparently, time. yeah. I still end up doing that. But uh, our good friend Winky here, a mutual friend of ours through mutual friends, and uh, as most of the time it goes, and he's got a bit of an experience with cannabis that's not like most people's experience with cannabis, because Mr. Winky here grows a lot of cannabis. Well, not a lot, but he gro- he grows. So that comes with um, a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of connections, and just understanding the cannabis plant better than your average human being. Yosip and, and Winky here and we've been bonding, kind of geeking out about how could we for the past hour. Yeah. yeah. So what have we been smoking, Matt? Obama cross. Um, I believe it's Obama cross AFFI. AFFI. Yeah. I do not. I'm not sure what the last part stands for. Fucking good. It is definitely good. We're really fucking chatty and we're really fucking chill. It's light. It's light. You don't feel like burdened in your head or whatever. Do you think this is what Obama felt like? I believe so. A lot of confidence. Pretty chatty. Feeling the hope of change. Um, So, Matt, um, how did you get into cannabis? Like, where did it begin for you? Well, at a fairly young age, I think for most people, might be very similar in this circumstance. It started in high school. Um, I wasn't really much of a drinker, but I did have a lot of friends in the community that their parents did smoke and they used to sneak some of their stuff and offer it around and smoke with their mates. Hmm. Um, I didn't get this. I, I had a bit of anxiety and stuff back in high school and was quite distant with teachers and learning stuff like that. So I tend to wag a lot, which is, you know, turn up for roll call and just disappear after that. Like it. Um, So we'd end up at a mate's house and we'll end up smoking. Um, I've done that for a few years. And then I started to obviously get more involved and interested in the cannabis and understanding it a bit more. Mm-hmm. And realizing that it's not something that you just smoke with your mates and mm. like you would with alcohol or something like that, just have around, just sit around and have a drink. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, well, it alters reality completely. It can lift your mood. Definitely. Yes. Like alcohol, I only get one mood, and that mood is drunk, right? Like, and I would regard that as like mm, being happy, but being stupid. I don't know, happy, stupid, it's this vibe, but like with cannabis, you've got sleepy, you've got relaxed, you've got chatty, you've got high, like you've got euphoric. So like all of that comes. Exactly. So like, I like your different like perspective on like how cannabis is different to alcohol um, and how that kind of changes on what you have. Yeah, exactly Mm. right. Um, I believe that you can do a lot of the things you could do or may not be confident to do. Whereas with alcohol, there's always a catch to it, um, whether the next day you've got a hangover um, or you may do something you didn't intentionally want to do because you weren't focused at the time um, or a bit clouded in the mind. 
Um, whereas cannabis, you're a lot more focused. Um, you're a lot less out of control and you're definitely a lot calmer. You're not um, going into realms of getting violent or having arguments with somebody over something because you don't understand the situation. Yeah. Whereas cannabis can sort of put a light on the situation and have a better understandability and communication about things, I think. Yeah, mind you, I think there's there's something to be said about, um, I guess, the diversity of, of the neurochemistry of the human being yep. and of just how everybody has a different setup in that way and, it, and it's quite unique um, to an individual's experience. Yeah. Like the fact that alcohol, it has the propensity within some people to make them incredibly violent. There's uh, propensity within genetics, according to some people, um, that has them predisposed to dependency and to, you know, certain kinds of behaviors, basically. Also, environmental conditions matter. Exactly Um, right. So there's a whole load of that. Um, With cannabis, I think there are similar, well, maybe not uh, like... uh, you couldn't necessarily make the apples to apples comparison when it comes to alcohol and cannabis uh, in terms of like the damage that it causes to people's lives. I, I agree with you there a hundred percent, but there is uh, still like a question to be had, I guess about the appropriateness of cannabis to a person um, or the appropriateness of any drug to a person. Yeah. Like how do we as individuals educate, like, cause at the moment the, um, the cannabis scene in Australia, we're mostly just running without any understanding or complex. Well, yeah, it seems to stem a lot from poor education because of the... Rather stigma. Yeah, the stigma around it of... Because of the lack of education and how it's been illegal and no one's been able to un- truly understand it and get a good education on it um, throughout people's lives, through their schooling, through their upbringings... It's been just strange, isn't it? Yeah, like, it, it it's just, we it don't have the knowledge the rest of the world. Yeah, has. it hasn't been like everyone will have a different understanding yeah. or a different idea yeah. or perspective of this type of drug or a drug mm. because it's, it's just there is no yeah. actual genuine book of this is what, what it's about. What it is. And, yeah. yeah, what it does. No one's actually going to genuinely tell you. One of the um, interesting things to me is like even people who are like proponents of cannabis, like you remember when we had the podcast with Anthony Bull, he didn't know about Indica Sativa and he's a dude who's a liberal Democrat, right? And they're wanting to legalize cannabis, but he didn't know (laughs) about like the Sativa Indica highs, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't understand that pot could make you not sleepy because that's why he chose not to have it. Exactly. Right. And it's just so bizarre. And like, I've even like told the parents and things and they're like, Nah, pot just makes you dumb and slow and stupid. Like, that's their assumption. And yeah, it's well, like, uh, the label, like, you see a lot in movies and a lot yep. like that is that it's going to make you, like, a zombie, you're going to be sleepy, and you're just going to giggle, and you're pretty much a dope. You're a dopey person. Yep. Well, but, I'm pretty dopey. Um, <laughs> when that's not the case at all. Like, nah. the majority of strains back in the early 80s, late 70s, if you go read up about it, were majority indica strains. A lot of skunk back then. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's um when and that was due to growing conditions of yeah. just trying to hide it. Oh yeah, of course. That's why those strains shine through. Yeah. yeah, they were big yields. They were easy yeah. to hide, particularly in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the US, you had um, 
other examples, I suppose. But a lot of the, yeah. like, the Thai sticks and stuff were pretty big at that time too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah, it's when Thai came in that you started to get that uh, sativa vibe, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, that was the real like We kicker. started getting some cross-hybrids. Um, yeah. Same as the UK. Yeah. We got a lot of... Um, a, a lot of... Oh, what's the word? Um, just a, a, a lot of pressure from the UK sort of thing on changing and getting more involved in strains yeah um because they really they kind of took the lead uh, apart holland like it's the uk yeah. that really did a lot with cannabis they, they were um actually getting right into hydro right into hydroponics a lot before the us the us a lot of their stuff was outdoor um closet grown stuff not very professional hydroponic yeah type things whereas the uk was really getting into their dwc more of mm. europe we're getting into the DWC type setups. Mm. And it makes sense. Like generally Europe's like, you know, more closed, like you've got smaller area. Yeah, we like see a lot of their flat pack stuff yeah. and their townhouses are very smaller. So Oh man, they've had to, was a trip. <laughs> to um obviously restrict their the way they grow and change yep. their conditions. Man, just like animals, you know? <laughs> like True. But you know, Australia, what's interesting about Australia is that it has a really excellent climate for cannabis and hemp to grow outdoors in a it, lot of ways it, it does and it doesn't it depends on our seasons yeah i guess that's true. um our seasons are very harsh they're yeah, like yeah. they're zero to a hundred sort of thing mm-hmm. so if, it, if it's, it's a, you get the worst of the worst so you get the good of the good so yeah, yeah, um it really also depends, depends on the region in yeah exactly right 100 percent. Right. south yeah. australia i'm pretty <laughs> sure is our like primo spot yeah you're in a pretty good spot but as like as people can see the the world is changing and the seasons are getting later and stuff yeah. like that um <clears throat> some parts some states are getting different weather patterns mm. to what they normally would get so um people might have to start shifting where they're, they're going doing, yeah. and obviously people's quality of what they used to have three years ago is going to slightly change, change. yeah they yeah. might have to change the way they do, do potentially things. though you know improvements in method and all of that can counteract like That's the changes exactly right. in weather. now that um it's been legalized in many countries and the development of all that and the education has just skyrocketed people mm. are really getting learning right. and getting into, into it and yeah. understanding of how to combat these situations and do it a a more organic way rather than hmm. um a harmful way to the plant where it's a forceful like human engineered type product mm. yep and that's a another benefit of the the legal market market yeah it's yeah. actually given the people the chance to grow it organically as it should yeah. have been whereas yeah we don't need to be doing all of the uh, hydroponic stuff we're just forced no we into don't it. it's purely because every time you get living that. soil stuff the smell of that is just Wow. The 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 demand was so high they couldn't keep up with the growing, so yep. you were forced to go into a different growing style, which is mm. hydroponics. And when you first start growing hydroponics, obviously your quality and your product's gonna be nowhere near as good as the outdoor stuff because it was quite refined. Yeah. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, just looking at how cannabis has evolved in nature, there's mm. a kind of synthesis between the soil culture yes. and cannabis that has existed for millions billions of years yeah beyond human beings time yeah. even. so i think that's really interesting how 
I don't know. Um, you can try to approximate and get very scientific about certain things with hydroponic and deep water culture, different forms of, of growing that aren't just chucking it down in the soil, <laughs> you know. Exactly right. Um, uh, another big problem here, unfortunately, in Australia is we aren't allowed some of the organic slow-release fertilisers that are obtainable over in Canada and the US market mm -hmm. that will have um, some critical microbes and fertilisers in there that are essential for yeah. growing a cannabis plant. They've been tailored for that plant, but unfortunately we can't get those premixes here. And to try and make that yourself here is fairly difficult because you can't just go on Google and go, oh, what's in a 444 mix? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because that company is not actually going to tell you what they're in how they've built it yeah, together, how they yeah. put it together it's exactly. That's so a secret. A it's a bit of guessing. Yeah. yeah. So um, unless you're like right into your horticulture and you really understand how to make soil soils and mediums, um, unfortunately, that's a whole other process that you're going to go through and it's going to extend your time of trying to learn on growing the actual plant. Right. So a lot of Australians are forced into buying the bottled mixes mm. um and that's basically what's available here yeah. well mm -mm, mm -mm. one of the people we do collaborate with is easy as organics so th these guys we've uh done one article with before and we've got another one coming out in i don't know two three weeks during the growing kind of week that we've got planned and anyway um in regards to that i'm really cooked sorry um uh, he produces really good living soil. Um, uh, I haven't personally used it to be fair, but I've had good feedback from a few people who did use it from our articles. So I kind of want to take their word for it. But anyway, um, he makes apparently a pretty good, good living soil that produces pretty nice, fat, juicy buds. Mm. Anyway, so um, the organic side, like that's obviously growing all around the world. Do you see that as becoming the future of cannabis or do you think it's still always going to have this kind of hydro setup? Any long-term experienced cannabis grower will end up leaning towards an organic Just makes um, sense. slow release, especially when they're in the area where it's legalised, like yep. you can freely do it, um, unfortunately, in Australia. I do have a question, actually. I've seen with the hydroponics that you can get organic hydronutes. Yes, you can. Are um, they good? Well, I, I've i tested a few. So um, you've got the Sensei Pro line, yep. which would uh, you most commonly would have heard of as their biodiesel. Biodiesel, yeah. Um, so that's 100% organic bat guano. Um, mm. So they... Most of their lines, um, they specifically will have all organic products. I'm pretty sure maybe their hundred hundred percent their line is wow. organic, cool. um, but they're for experienced users. Like yeah. they are very very concentrated mixes, um, and you really need to read up on their guides. Um, that's another thing that people definitely should do if you are going to get into growing is. Go to the manufacturer's guide list. There will always be one on their website. Yeah. Um, yeah. And make sure you definitely do your calculations and um, your reading very accurately because less is more and you don't want to go too much and yeah. create 
problems. If you're a first time grower, what would you recommend? Like not to go with organics, maybe try something um, So I'd go with something really basic. Um, so like advanced nutrients. Um, we had success with those. Yeah. Like yeah. Was, advanced nutrients. Um, they're pretty forgiving. They're A and B. So anything that's got an A and B line, um, you're generally pretty safe without having any other additives to it. Um, you can just get away with just the A and B on its own. Yep. But if you want to try and get a little bit more out of your plant or the most out of it, then you'd want to try some of their additives. Um, I would say like your Kenna Cocoa is your basic stuff. Yep. Um, is pretty much your cheapest. Yeah. Um, and then you got your advanced nutrients um, line as well. You've got a few others there that have come out. Um, recently, like Psycho and stuff like that. <laughs> I am not really someone to recommend the brand Psycho. Um, they're one company based, I'm pretty sure, in Western Australia that specifically make PGRs. Oh, now, um, every plant fertilizer or growth um, or food, you want to call it, um, is a PGR. Now, there are good PGRs and there's bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, there's ones that, you know, can retard the plant. Um, they can speed up, make it do things that it naturally shouldn't be doing. Um, hormone changes, a lot of stuff that you really don't want. Um, and those PGRs, those chemicals can stay into the plant and you can smoke them after the curing stage, after it's been harvested. Yeah. Um, they will stick into the plant and... There's been a lot of um, education acknowledgement on PGRs lately as they've been used a lot and a lot more because they used to get away of using them on your fruits and tomatoes and stuff like that and yeah. you're not actually smoking those vegetables so you wouldn't generally know because um, you're consuming and eating them. At, yeah, they're at a safe level yeah. um, according to food standards but when you're smoking it, that's when this chemical seems to have a bad reaction and yeah. it's actually doing it's like a poison mm -hmm. yeah it's carcinogenic for sure exactly yeah. right the bit, you're right like when you say that there is there's a way a, a great many means to actually regulate the yep. growth of a cannabis plant exactly um it's like sort of like giving your plant like a protein shake or giving it steroids yeah, sure, yeah. Um, one, one of person gave me a really was it you maybe someone gave me an awesome like metaphor or example and it comes to that steroid line so like your plant has let's say three or four months of life right that's its entire life if you pump it with the steroids of pgrs for even two weeks that's years and years of its life yep like if you actually conceptualize so it's, it's life and death going through all these stages with still that stuff in it yep and it's not getting eradicated it's not getting removed it stays right in there and what people don't realize is as this plant's going through its life cycle it doesn't need some of that stuff it may need it require it at a later stage or an earlier stage mm. and if you're giving it um things that it doesn't require at a later stage then it's going to give it side effects it's going to create um adverse or improper growth it won't yeah. grow to its show it should have grown because yeah. you're You've overfed it with something. What I'm curious about, I don't know if you have any personal experience using a PGR, but I'd really love to know the difference if you grew two strains, say it was two clones, 
and you pumped one with PGR and one without, like the weight difference that you'd get at the end, like how much of a difference is it? Well, in all honesty, um, I do I do know a friend of a friend that has had the similar strain and they pumped one, like the start of it with PGR and then finished it with a, a normal dosage of fertilizers. Um, and you could clearly see like a silvery glittery effect to that, mm. to the, the final product. Yeah. Um, that was one of the distinctive things we could tell. Um, also the amount of red hairs on the plant itself. Every yeah. fucking time. Um, it's, red boys. It, it seems to mutate the little pods that the hairs <laughs> come out of. And wow. I don't, I'm not, you know, a scientist or anything like that. I don't understand what's going on but it seems to be duplicating and the do you think it's like a cancerous kind of growth on the similar yeah mm, like a, like a tumor type well i know design. i know what it does um it's in our article yeah if you remember it um so the cells rather than splitting and dividing they elongate yeah. So they don't actually become like round spheres anymore. The cells become like oval shaped yeah. and they get bigger that way. And that's what causes like the structure to get kind of fatter and stop yeah, like that right. kind of, you know, when you've got beautiful buds, they've kind of got like this pattern inside almost. Yes. When you get the fat PGR, they're kind of like so close together, that pattern's gone. And that's just because of that elongation. The cells aren't splitting up anymore. So they can't create like, think about circles. You can kind of build like any shape. But if you go ovals, it becomes a very solid kind of yeah. um, block. Yeah, that's interesting. Think about how many circles can fill a it is square basically the or cell a rectangle. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it is pretty interesting. But like yield-wise, how much different do you, was it? Do you know? Uh well, definitely. Like it, it, it pumps it a lot harder than because you got to think of it as like a steroid. So yeah. it's it's forcing the plant to feed faster to feed harder and to grow a lot faster than it should so it's going to get to its maturity level way beyond its time than it should have so it's not going to have the proper flavor it's not oh, going to have the not. the traits that mm. it should have had when it should have taken six months or eight months to finally get to its age and yeah like that's why they are very very poor smoke they are that what you're smoking is the chemical. You're not actually yeah. smoking cannabis. Any, any cannabis. There's no THC on there. Yes, it, it may look it, a bit like not. a flower. It's got the flower texture, yeah. but that's pretty much still an infant True. stage of plant, but it's got the, it looks like it's in adulthood. It mm -hmm. looks like it's mature, but it hasn't got any of the characteristics of a mature, proper grown flower. Wow, so bizarre. I'd really... I, it's like... Um, if anyone out there is listening and grows, just anyone at all, if, you're cons if you can consider growing one plant PGR and one not and doing an update week by week or fortnight by fortnight, however it goes, and just give me a detail, like pictures side by side, I will pay for this. Uh, hey, Winky, do you think that like from a visual standpoint, just like looking at two different... Uh, plants you can tell which one is like pumped with pbz and like other other shit and one that's just been grown organically is it very simple to tell just by looking or sometimes do you get like a little bit um can you get tricked just from a glance are there um, some situations where it's less like unambiguous from what i've seen um from pgr grows 
they look more of a vegetable growth look. Um, they don't look more like a cannabis plant. The leaves uh, tend to be darker, drooped. It seems like the the stems are more scrawny, so there's, there's not much low-stress training. They seem to be just mm. grow as a bush. But I haven't had actual experience growing with PGRs. Like, there's no way I would want to go near sure. that <laughs> um, realm of things. But It's <clears throat> truly just for profit. Basically, it's, mm. it's... I'm just curious how much that profit is because, like, let's say you're growing with PGRs, right? You're maybe getting... Let's say you get twice as much. Do you reckon twice, three times? Yeah, but in no, 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 no. But, but no, like just my hypothetical here. Say you're doing two, three times as much shit quality, right? But say you're selling it at three thousand a pound. But then you choose, or you choose to grow high quality. But the thing is, the high quality you won't get two times as much, right? Or three, but you'd be able to sell it for four and a half thousand, five thousand dollars a pound if and you've quicker, got quality. Probably. In this day and age, yes, but. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. It shouldn't be... Um, why should we have to put a higher price on something that's more better for you, more healthier? Straight up. Yeah. Because the people who can't afford those high-quality strains are end up smoking shit. Yeah, exactly right. The thing is that I notice on the... From who I've talked to and whatnot... PGR stuff, it sells for cheap, right? And it when it actually goes down the funnel, the price is almost the same as strain. Mm. It's close. If it's you're getting a queue, close, yes. if you're getting a queue of PGR, you're probably paying ninety in Brizzy. Yeah, right. Some people pay hundred and ten. Yes, yeah, some do. So why do people accept? But then you can get that. strain for a hundred or hundred and ten, and paying a hundred dollars versus ninety is not much. Yeah. But the thing is, that thing will last twice as long. Um, and to me, <laughs> um, sorry, um, it, it's interesting because like, I remember when I went from PGR, like it took so long to get like non PGR. The only time that I ever got non PGR in Brisbane in my early, early days was when we went to Nimbin, right? And I got some nice yep. outdoor or I got some bush that comes through occasionally. But what I was going to get to was when you got that nice, nice, you would smoke a cue between three boys in, in two days, yeah. right? Give or take. But then you'd get your PGR, you'd smoke a half in a day. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Like it, one, so like the price difference, could it's be insane. Yeah. Because it's just fucked. Pumped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but have you heard much about the PGR 2.0? Yeah. Um, well, I've definitely been seeing it and that's why I mentioned that brand Psycho because... They're doing that. They're doing um, mixes now of minute traces of PGRs in there where they can almost get away with selling a product without even labelling yeah. PGR on there. Um, and not many people, if you're obviously not into it and understanding or educated about the whole fertilisers and foods and all that sort of thing, then you won't have a clue. You'll be like, oh, my plants are getting pumped and big and mm -hmm. they look awesome and gains yeah and then they'll soon realize that their plants not looking like the way it should have looked and not tasting like the way it should have and but this is interesting though again because it's still very very illegal in australia for the most part apart act now whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, boy. but um 
the knowledge and whatnot from the community isn't there to help you in that process. So someone who's just starting, they don't know what good cannabis is unless they've been overseas or they've just luckily ran into it. Because through Fab, I get emails eh, semi-regularly from people going, I'm in my 40s or 50s, um, but all I can get is PGR. I'm resorting to growing my own. Um, and they asked me, how do my buds look? <laughs> like literally they're like, is this good? And I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. But you can see that if they practiced more and they had some more knowledge coming, fuck, their buds would be world-class because from how I see cannabis, it's just once you learn, you learn. And then it becomes much easier to get like amazing results. Exactly. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I've known people who have done their first grow and they had amazing results. Like, it, 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 it's not actually the hardest thing. And it just becomes a thing of, let's add a little bit more knowledge to what I already knew. And normally it becomes, I'm getting a bit more yield and I'm getting nicer smells. Yeah. Right? That's normally what you're looking for. And that just comes with a bit of time and experience. But the thing is, your first grow, if you're growing it, not even organically, just with nutrients and you're not pumping it with PGRs, you get amazing results. <laughs> yeah, well, it will come down eventually to, to obviously as well. the seed and the yep. strain that you are growing. Yep. So unfortunately, if you just happen to get a random seed from a mystery person... Oh, it could be rubbish. It could be rubbish, exactly right. Um, it's important, like, you know, without having that kind of grower's knowledge and experience, which comes with just doing it, I guess, and learning, um, it's hard to tell which strain or which seed... Uh, will be best for your growth setup or will be best for a given... I mean, exactly you can go on the right. internet and check it out, what other people have said. But And then it's going to depend on if you can actually get a hold of that seed. Yep. Yeah. Um, is going to be the real issue here. There's a lot of seed banks popping up in Australia. There's yeah, a lot of yes, them. It's really are. good. We're working with a couple. Um, it's nice to see. And it's going to be interesting once genetics get to, you know, fucking genetics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any other plant at all in the world has this kind of... Only bananas l- have similar land races, no. <laughs> but, yeah. but like this level of variety on top of kind of this just love of looking at just fucking beans, like we effectively just love these seeds. Yep. Like, you know, you get high quality genetics like, and you talk to breeders, they're like, they're so passionate about them. I don't know if you have anyone like a farmer because like there are, you know, your crops that get developed, but they're like, do you think anyone gets that exciting? goes, fuck man, this batch of carrots... <laughs> like this batch of carrots right here is the good shit. I'm sure they would be. I'm sure they would be because yeah. the, um, since I've been growing, I, I wasn't really a, a plant person. I can 100% tell you right now, I would never be in the backyard doing any garden work. I was always on the computer. Um, it's only until I started watching and understanding and seeing the cycle and the development of this plant mm-hmm. and seeing how quickly it reacts to things that you do. Um, it's a living thing and you can take those things that you've learned and experienced with that plant and you can do other plants as well. True. And if you start going around your garden and taking those same things that you've learned from that plant and do it with plants in your garden, you'll start understanding that they're actually quite interesting and mm. you can do a, f- a lot of things with them. It's um, true. They're, they're um, quite an interesting thing. Like they have lots of colours, lots of different smells. Particularly the, you know, heirloom varieties, the stuff that isn't usually just like 
sanitized on the supermarket shelves. Yeah. You know, it might have a couple of like weird uh, bits to it stuff. that you don't usually see, but that's part of its like genetic exactly quality. Right. It yeah. comes off often with like, and I think this is part of the big problem with like our lifestyles and diets in the West is that a lot of stuff is insanely processed. Back in the day, uh, human beings would have had like a ratio of omega-3 to 6 that would have been a lot uh, more imbalanced yeah. like mm-hmm. now now these days we have like a 16 to 1 on average in in the western world it might have been like 4 to 1 back mm. in the day or 1 to 4 so uh, there's a lot of redundancy in the human body but I think that like not having that um, you know I guess omega 3 and like the plant um, me- metabolite like the stuff that you'd usually find in just raw vegetables and like the stuff that we've kind of bred out of vegetables in order to make them bigger and plumper and like more yeah. colorful in certain ways. Like we've They're selected just for beauty. Like a fake vegetable. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They've lost all their natural properties. True. And I know it do. The ones but it's kind of weird. Image. It's almost like they became the best version of themselves, but yes. not really. There's like, been, there's well, been some the good point development. Of, yeah. With phenos is trying to pick certain Get traits of that strain and get the most out of it yeah yeah and, and they did that for with plant plants but i just wonder like how the culture is now that you've got these kind of gmos like it's different right? it is it is very now very different. science ways but like what if you did it through like nature ways could you get to such an interest like a level where you could get gmo like results through, through breeding nature? yeah through breeding right yeah i know i think that people kind of are and the, i think a lot of the development that's happening within cannabis genetics is uh you know the hard work of going out and finding a particularly unique strain or whatever and then finding ways to actually breed that with or hybridize that with something that maybe already yeah, exists exactly so. like you're, you're looking for that that pheno with the you know the, the most vivid of that color or that mm. most distinctive smell there'll be one out of a hundred plants will that will have a higher smell than the other or yeah have true. certain traits and if you clone that one and then breed that and maybe after two three generations you'll be breeding that seed exactly identical so it's that. just like stabilizing that specimen yeah yes yeah. um, um you, you, you pretty much got to do that over a few generations mm-hmm. to to make sure it's an effective I don't know too too much about breeding, but something I've always wondered because you have your male female plants. How much of an impact do the male plants play in the role of the breeding? How do you judge a male's characteristics? <laughs> it, it it depends. Like, um, if you are purely breeding males mm-hmm. um, or females, then there's obviously um, it's the same way as ob- obtaining a a fem- feminized seed. So you'd want to get a, a male. A male seed and if you get the so the male will pollinate a female and obviously get seeds so the female will, will get seeds on it yeah um you'd only want to do that when you're when you've got the right strain or the right plant that you really want to do that to um that's really really getting into genetics i don't think there's many people in australia that are doing that um there's a lot on small scale um accidentally doing it or are doing it because like i've seen people selling pollen right yeah so you can impregnate your lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and And you don't need the the male counterpart for that yeah i've just always wondered um okay no because like 
they've pol- they've already got the pollen from the yeah, male. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so you don't need the send male. Send it in a bag. And but like, say I'm breeding. I don't know. Let's think. Let's say I'm the creator of Pooter Breath or Jelly Breath, right? Mm. I'm making Jelly Breath. Yeah. And that's a cross of whatever it is. Maybe I should have used something that I knew about the cross. Well, was. it's from Mendo, the Mendo yeah. line. Um, if I, so say like, you know, a White Widow cross AK-47, you know, that was a popular cross, um, White Russian that became. Yep. Right? So you have the White Russian. But what I kind of want to know is, where does the male plant come in for that? Because like when you're crossing those two, how does that work? Do you grab the male of the AK-47 and impregnate the White Widow? Or does it go the other way? Like, that's kind of where I get a little lost. Like, I don't understand um, because you need to get that male version of the seed. You'd want one that's the most dominant. Okay. So, the, the, the one that you want the flower, mm-hmm. you want that to be the most dominant trait. For the female? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. So, mm. but unfortunately, it's always like it's like rolling a dice yeah right um that's why they'll do it to a bunch of them yeah like over a hundred and there might be just one out of that hundred that they really want to keep that's going to be the best one that actually got the ones that they wanted so you'll get the seeds out of those hundred and then you'll replant the seeds to see what comes out of them yep and then that's how you know which ones produced good seed yep or that's how you know if you're actually starting to get that that, generation that generation yeah okay that's why it takes it could take three to four years to to do this process yeah. i remember when i was on dark web ways i used to get um a jack hera that was being written as the 14th generation jack hera right this was from a legend called sa gray and this um this jack hera was i didn't smoke a better jack hera in amsterdam I've never smoked a better Jack Harris scent. It was incredible. You would have one cone, maybe two. You'd be high for like four hours. Like it's it's high just didn't fucking end. So I assume that they they found a good pheno. Yeah. Like, and then they've what impregnated I do know that pheno and then yeah kept found the best one from that one and, and just kept, kept going, going going going. What I know it. about Jack because that's Hera, what they're trying to do is get the most pure purest pure strain of yeah of the strain and then. I was told with Jack Hera that. especially, it's one of those very unstable strains. You, you, it just doesn't produce the pheno that you want. Yeah. Um, and but they say it takes many attempts, and then when you get it, like the Jack Hera is like just there's a reason why it's fucking Jack Hera. Yeah. It's that legendary strain to me. Um, that's one of my favorite strains. So one question I wanted to ask you is: you've smoked a lot of different strains. Yes. I What's have. your favorite strain? Okay, so mm. up until recently. Um, recently would be now i've had a lot of strains that supposedly give you a couch lock put you to sleep yeah um the g13 was from memory uh, an original g13 it was actually like a gray purple color um i think it was possibly an outdoor grow um, and you know the history of G13, yeah? Yes, I do. Yeah, I was the from the lab. CIA created that one back in the 70s. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> There's a write about uh, a it's write up bad. about that in that big book. The so, yeah, book. if anyone gets hold of G13, it's got oh, quite a bit God. of history. It was that was definitely a man made strain, that one <laughs> back in the 70s. Um, and that was definitely that kept putting me to sleep until because I, I like my sleepy, yeah, sort of highs. Um, but during the day, obviously, like. Bit of energy production, bit of sativa. Um, 
I'd say the the Mendo, the Mendo line or the Obama. What we're smoking yeah, right it's now, fucking beautiful. It's got full of flavour. It looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a really nice. It's got lots bud. of uh, blues, purples mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. The most vivid greens. Mm. It is. It is beautiful. It's, it is frosted in snow too. And so. mind you, it's been properly <laughs> dried out and and uh, feels like it's actually got you know. Uh, yeah, it's a sense of rigor to the process. Mm. So <laughs> whoever's behind that bud just loves loves Mitch. cultivating cannabis. The, What's your favorite strain? My favorite strain. Oh. Look, man, uh, I've I've gone kind of back and forth, but I, I actually think it's the AK forty seven. The AK. Um, and it might <laughs> it it may or may not be that, or or I mean, I really like um, Girl Scout cookies, but the I think Girl that, Scout is beautiful. I think that I've just. It de- it depends upon the batch, basically. Yeah, um, Girl Scout's not a very stable pheno. You no. got like four main <laughs> versions. Unfortunately, in Australia, it's it's quite hard to get a, a genuine. That's yeah. it. That's the genuine problem. strain, unless you grow it yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, real. It's no, absolutely what it is for me. Um, I'm like a sativa man. Like I love my sativa. So um, when I was in Amsterdam, I used to just roll one gram, uh, amnesia haze joints in the morning and have it with a coffee. And fuck me, that kept me pumped for the whole day. <laughs> like from nine, ten in the morning till five. It was like, okay, let's see some more shit. Let's see some more shit. Oh my God. Like what the fuck? It was so edgy. Like and how is really fucking great. And, um, but also the, it can be fucking hit and miss as well. Yeah. Amne- that, that's the thing. This is what I was saying earlier. It's amnesia that I always find hit and miss, right? right. That's my experience. But amnesia haze. When it's the real haze and you can taste it in the back of your throat, it's that like ah, you can feel it. <laughs> that's when you know you've got the fucking goods. Yeah, okay. That's the sort of shit that I crave. The super silver haze is another one. Awesome sativa. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of my thing. But I tell you what, the Phrygian dew. Yeah. This is something that came around Brizzy like uh, this time last year, and it came twice. There were two versions. The first one was a little leafy. wasn't amazing, but it was good. It was really nice. But the second time, it was these dry, like, definitely no PGR, just beautiful crystals. And they're, like, layered kind of buds. You know, like, when it's kind of, like, curling itself over. Beautiful buds. Bits of purple through. But this <laughs> high, 50-50 hybrid. And you just felt so sober. Like, I don't know how to describe it. You were so level that it was kind of like you've smoked nothing at all, but you were fucking cooked. (laughs) It was just this, like, I'm not head high. I'm not body high. I am just like eye level high. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just comfy. And that to me was amazing. And I looked up a bit about it. And I think it's one of those strains that would go really well in Australia. Apparently incredibly mold resistant. And um, it grows really, really well outdoor. And this stuff, oh. I was told, was an indoor-outdoor sort of thing okay. where it was like an... Um, Manageable size. Um, what do we call it? Uh, greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, and it's it just lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Hmm, let's hope we get some more of that. <laughs> let's just get good weed in Australia. Fuck! Well, the more we legalize it, the, the more chances that we've definitely that got that. some of those yeah. good strains I mean, along. This conversation isn't like a totally illegal... Uh, now that you no, know, it like isn't. ACT no, is now that the ACT mm. is yeah, we're all in ACT. <laughs> Fucking stick it. That's right. Oh yeah, we'll be at the Canberra Expo. We'll be at the Canberra Expo. 
We decided that Meatless. yesterday on the flip of a coin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't decide. I mean, come on. That's how the best decisions are made. Yeah, it's just expensive to get them. us down there. But we found a few ways we can be a little cheaper about it and um, it'll work out well. So stay tuned. And with that, I think actually maybe we should wrap it up. It's been about an hour, I think. Yeah, just about. It's been a fair while. Thanks, Mr. Thanks Winky. Winky. No, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> uh, I reckon we'll get you on again. There's a lot we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. This is awesome. um, I want to do a guide on a um, basic grow for people. Yeah, that would be sick. solid education on not what you just see on movies or in the books or that. Just some real basic... And um, tailor it a little more to the Aussie crowd, yeah? Exactly right. right to our conditions. There's um, not enough Aussie Very resources. simplified... And just quite an easy process that anyone can do, mm-hmm. just like growing a bonsai. <laughs> I like that. Should we call it like the bonsai guide to weed? <laughs> yeah. The bonsai guide to Aussie weed. That sounds pretty good. And we could just call you the bonsai guy. The bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the bonsai guide's bonsai guy. Yeah, to the bonsai guy's bonsai guide to growing yeah he'll work it out yeah right. give him some time just <laughs> Look, it's hard to come up with things on the fly listen That's obama right. got me good it did obama got me better than he ever did anything hey oh uh i mean you vote bernie Woo! end it there end it there bye bye